Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Greg McAndry, Chief Medical Information Officer at the University of Rochester Medical Center. Dr. McAndry, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Laura. Yeah, it's great to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. This is, you know, such an important year in space, the intersection between clinical care and medicine and IT informatics. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, um, so I'm an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, I practice and do uh, sports medicine and shoulder surgery at the University of Rochester Medical Center. Uh, I'm also our chief medical information officer. Um, we are a nine hospital uh, mid-sized uh, system in um, kind of the Finger Lakes region of New York. So we, we cover basically from uh, Buffalo to Syracuse down south to the, to the Pennsylvania border. Um, I've been in my role for about uh, three years. I still practice clinically uh, doing orthopedics, seeing patients one day a week and doing surgery about three times a month. And then the rest of my time is uh, spent um, translating between technology and workflow. Got it. Wow. That's, you know, such a uh, huge undertaking. I can imagine to really be the person that is the liaison between the uh, medical teams and then the IT teams too. And from that vantage point, where do you see some of the big opportunities in the future, as well as the headwinds that you have your eye on today? Yeah, I think, you know, I'll, I'll start with headwinds because I think we're all kind of feeling it right now. You know, obviously um, there's tremendous uh, financial pressures in, in healthcare uh, and there's a significant amount of clinician burnout, both on the nursing side and the provider side. And so we really need to be leveraging technologies that help us automate processes and be more efficient. Um, but a lot of those require changes in workflow. And our frontline clinicians, nurses, providers, uh, doctors, residents, uh, all you know, are at a point where it's just very difficult for them to engage in all of these changes. Uh, and so there's definitely a, a balance. Uh, and so my team is uh, really working hard, uh, focusing on you know, some very key strategic initiatives um, to, to help us uh, through, but we're really um, trying to focus on a few as opposed to, you know, I think with the pandemic, there was a lot of stuff that got put on the back burner um, and, you know, there was a long backlog uh, and it's easy to just say, all right, we're going to do it all at once. Um, but understanding you know, what the organization is capable of doing, we really are, are, um, kind of laser focused on trying to figure out, okay, what can we do well and effectively that actually lead to less uh, burnout, increased uh, provider uh, and uh, nursing satisfaction. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's really, it seems like the word of the year is just that simplification and really focusing in on where the most value is going to be. So from your vantage point, what does that look like? Where, where are you able to add value and really see the organization and potentially get back to more of a growth trajectory in the future? 
so I think right now we're still kind of pushing through with our, our digital transformation strategy. So we had kind of a three-pronged uh, five-year approach uh, focused on access first and then engagement and then uh, driving value uh, at the end. And so access was all about uh, the digital front door and, you know, how do you find a provider? How do you schedule an appointment online? How do you do on-demand telemedicine and 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 all the other uh, things, e-visits, e-check-in um, and that sort of thing? And we're largely kind of through that. And we were going to be heading towards engagement, which was how do you engage with the patients outside of the, the four walls of the medical center, um, you know, through uh, clinical care pathways, uh, digital therapeutics, um, uh, apps and, and things like that. Um, but we've really pivoted more towards um, value sooner. Uh, and where we're looking at value is really around automating things. Uh, a lot of the, uh, I'll say, administrivia uh, stuff that our nurses and our providers uh, need to do on our on a regular basis. And so that's, you know, leveraging things like ambient voice technology, um, looking at uh, ways that you can do, you know, more um, remote nursing activities or automate different uh, nursing tasks, um, things like that. Got it. That's fascinating. And it really seems like there's a lot of opportunity there. When you look at bringing in automation and um, it- making, I guess, streamlining with some of the, whether it's artificial intelligence or other technology, bringing it in. Um, what does it look like to incorporate it and really integrate that into the larger workflows? How do you do that with the um, the teams that you have with the nurses, doctors, and, and clinical teams, just to make sure that, you know, everybody understands why that change is happening and feels like it's a helpful change versus a scary change? Yeah, I think that that's really been a, the biggest focus, I would say, on our organization as a whole is just kind of looking at our organizational change management process. So, um, you know, we historically would talk about a change coming and we'd send out a, a mass email that was designed for everybody. It was designed for nurses, doctors, administrators, and they were supposed to understand the whole program and the why. But when you do that, you kind of lose the what's in it for me for each of those specific groups because the what's in it for me is very different when you look at a nurse or a doctor and an administrator. And so um, we're taking a more strategic approach about just that kind of awareness stage and trying to focus on uh, verbal in-person delivery or uh, by, uh, you know, by Zoom or, you know, um, something like that as opposed to email. And then actually having some ability to assess, you know, does the organization actually want this change? So you delivered the message. Did people actually hear it and say, okay, we want to participate in this um, or not? And that's historically something that we haven't done. We've just kind of said, we're going to do this. And then we roll out some training that says, all right, um, you know, here, here's what you're going to need to know to be able to do it. And then it would just kind of go live on the go live date and, and kind of, we would move on. And so we're really focusing on, okay, are people ready to actually engage? Did we really get the word out? Uh, And then we're still delivering the training. And then after training, we're trying to determine, okay, you know, do they really have the skills that they need to be effective at this? And then after we're training, we're building in more of a stabilization process with these technology uh, implementation so that, you know, it's not just turning the technology on and walking away, but how are we going to evaluate whether it was actually effective 
and what process do we have built in for making sure that we're getting the most out of it. That obviously slows down how quickly you can move to the next thing. And so again, for us, it's kind of a little bit of a less is more approach. We're, we're doing less projects, but we are aiming to execute much more effectively uh, and drive a better ROI out of those few projects as opposed to kind of just dumping many projects on everybody. That really makes a lot of sense and sounds like a great approach to get everybody on board and kind of the 101 connections as well as, you know, making sure people really understand uh, what benefit they're driving from the change. Now, from your perspective, I, I know that we've talked through this being somewhat of a challenging time right now in healthcare across the board and for many industries as well, um, but still needing to keep an eye on the future and, you know, what is still a risk or investment that's worth making this year, even if, you know, it's a little bit of a um, more pinched financially than before and have, you know, staffing shortages and other things that could be uh, prohibitive and limiting, uh, where do we still need to spend some of our precious health healthcare resources? So I think, you know, if you asked me two months ago, you know, I, I definitely would have said, uh, in in the area of the you know ambient AI um, stuff to help with documentation burden, particularly with my lens as a as a physician, um, you know, because that's a large portion of of what we do. Um, I, you know, I would say focus on documentation or or in basket. Um, but I would say with the advent of uh, GPT four and these large language models and understanding how quick those are probably going to evolve over the next several years. We've actually kind of paused a little bit uh, in, in thinking about when we want to invest to make sure that, you know, we're taking a platform approach and that we're being cost effective with these things, because I think the cost of those types of solutions obviously has significantly decreased literally in the last couple of months. So I think, you know, one thing that we're really focused on right now is our clinical predictive uh, uh, analytics. Um, you know, we uh, had our sepsis um, predictive model that we rolled out, I think, um, mid-COVID. And, you know, we were having quite a few issues with it, you know, just firing. You know, we used to have the COVID BPA, and it was the most ignored BPA in the in the history uh, of BPAs, um, BPAs for those who don't know our best practice advisories. There's a little pop-ups that basically you know fire in the chart and say, hey, this patient might have sepsis, but they almost never did, and so providers kept clicking out of it, uh, and it became more of a a nuance in the in a, a nuisance in the background. And so we went with you know something we thought would be more intelligent um, or EMRs predictive model, um, but even with that and instituting workflows it was still firing, you know, 73 times uh, for every positive uh, patient with sepsis. And, you know, for our, our doctors and nurses, you know, that's like if your GPS takes you to the wrong place 74 out of 75 times, um, you're just not going to use it. And so, that, so they weren't using it. Um, and, you know, there's potential and, you know, tons of opportunity to save patient lives um, if this is employed correctly. And so we've kind of revisited with that and and have um you know engaged with some some newer technology that allows that to fire you know three times for every patient and it kind of fits within the clinician workflow and allows you to engage with the model almost like a clinical consult which 
you know, is, is, uh, much easier, um, on, on our clinicians and, and nurses and yields better adoption. And obviously, um, because people are using it better, better outcome and, and lives saved. That's great to hear. It really seems like it's something that uh, makes a big difference for the organization. So uh, certainly um, very inspiring to hear about. Now, I wanted to, before we wrap up our conversation, look into the future just a little bit further. Where do you see some of the best growth opportunities for you as well as the teams that you work with? So I, I think it's definitely going to be within, you know, uh, the, the large language models, um, you know, the ability of those things to help with those administrative uh, tasks that are all um, put on us and, and are really um, creating the largest amount of clinician burden. So the documentation, the in-basket tasks, I think what'll be interesting is whether this is something that is solved by industry or the EHR vendors, or whether that's something that you know, we actually task our own innovation labs and innovation teams uh, on solving um, because the ability to create those things has just gotten um, so much easier. And obviously, we have to work through all of the, um, you know, the privacy uh, considerations uh, with them and, and really understanding what the, what the risks are. Um, so I think there's a lot of work that needs to go into evaluating our approach around those models. And you know, that's something hopefully we'll be doing this year and then obviously um, starting to really engage with that next year. Fantastic. I love it. That's just so such a great way to think through, you know, how you're leveraging the technology and those large language models to um, really make an impact on patient care as well as the administrative tasks, operational efficiency and those kinds of things. Um, Dr. McCandry, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun discussion, and, and I'm also looking forward to seeing you in person at our Health IT Digital Health and Revenue Cycle event. It'll be great to have you speaking on a panel and really just adding a lot of color to the different themes we talked about here, as well as the overall discussion at the event. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, I, it's funny, you know, that's going to be in the in the fall, and it's just going to be... I, I bet a lot is going to have changed between now and the fall. So I'm um, really looking forward to getting together with everybody and, and uh, talking. Absolutely. It'll be a lot to catch up with. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.